God bless you. Thank you for being here today. This is a Veterans Day weekend. It was on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918 that an armistice was signed with Germany to end the war to end all wars, which we call now World War I. The following year, to commemorate all those veterans that had served in that great war, we had something called Armistice Day. Some of you may be in this room old enough to remember back when it was still called Armistice Day. That was in recognition of that armistice that took place with Germany in 1918. 11th hour, 11th day, 11th month. The next year, 1919, the first Armistice Day or Veterans Day was celebrated. Think about it. It's almost 100 years to the day that today we celebrate 100 years later those that have served. The name was changed from Armistice Day to Veterans Day in 1954 with the other conflicts that have happened since the First World War, of course, World War II, the Korean War, and so veterans brought to the government the idea of calling it Veterans Day to celebrate all veterans. So we're here for such a time as this. I drove here this morning. No one stopped my car to check to see if I had a Bible to confiscate it. No one's come into this church since I've been here. Pray never happens to stop me from preaching God's word. We're here, baby, and teach our boys and girls, you and your home, us here, because we have freedom. Freedom is not cheap, and young people, listen carefully. I'm going to say some things some people just may not like, but it's true, so I can say it. You don't get taught about some of the price we paid as a nation over the years to be where we are today. No place is perfect on earth. We at least try in our nation to get things right and right some of the wrongs that have been here. Amen? We're working on it. And we have, because of people that put on a target, wore a target on their body, the opportunity to get things as best as they can be in a fallen human earth. And I'm blessed we can do that. But they don't teach you about some of the price paid in those forests overseas where people went and died, people put on uniforms in peacetime and in wartime, willing to defend the fact that you can believe what you want to believe. You don't have to believe in God in the United States of America, even though our founding fathers put in the Declaration of Independence. We're endowed with certain inalienable rights, endowed by our Creator. So while we believe that, we don't force people to believe that. We have a country of freedom. Freedom to choose and freedom to worship. Freedom from the government interfering, not the opposite. And the price has been paid over all of these years for us to be here today. And I want you to know that it didn't come because some people in some think tanks in Washington said, let's sit here and watch it. They said, we need to defend freedom. And people ran, even after 9-11 in your lifetime, to join the armed forces of the United States with the best intent to defend freedom. And you may agree or disagree with whatever takes place, but let me just tell you something. No veteran loves war. No person loves war. War is ugly. It's stupid. But they happen because people who do not believe our worldview, who would seek to force their opinion on others, kill others indiscriminately, 
rise up in this world, they're called tyrants and tyrant governments. And they'll think that government is smarter than you. We'll tell you what to believe. But people have defended that right. And today we celebrate Veterans Day because we have had to, not because we want to, not because we want to be hawkish and start a war, unless you're the strong guy on the block, the bully will take over. Do you believe it? Have you seen enough history to understand there are tyrants in this world that would seek to take over? And so while it's ugly, while we have to spend an inordinate amount of resources and time, money and human resources to protect that, that's the price we have to pay. If you want to live in a world of rosy glasses, it's not going to happen. We can just deal with people with treaties. If you could bring back Prime Minister Chamberlain from Europe, from England, and say when he signed the peace treaty with Hitler, how did that work for you? There are people that will not honor a peace treaty, that not honor the lives of other people like we do in our nation. And I'm blessed to say today that that's the place that we live in. Not because we just happened to wake up and it came like that. There's been an incredible price paid. And that's why every Veterans Day, every Memorial Day, and throughout the year, we're blessed to have been defended and to defend freedom. And I'm blessed that we have a place that stands for the right things. So today what I'm going to ask you to do, those in the congregation, hold your response. What I want to do first is just have our veterans stand. If you just hold any response. If you've served in the armed forces of the United States of America, I ask you respectfully if you would just stand up right now. Would you do that? I want you to look all around this room, young and old alike. I want you to look around this room. These are people that went to boot camps. They suffered in rain, heat, snow, away from home for Christmas, all the things you would do in case something did break out where they had to defend our rights to be free. These people went through an awful lot to make sure that we can be here today, that we defend the idea and the dynamic of freedom. Now what I'm going to ask you to do, veterans, if you would remain seated, I'm going to ask the rest of this congregation to give the response that is due to those that have served in such a capacity. Would you do that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless every one of you. Thank you. Thank you, congregate. God bless you. Thank you for giving some kind of an emotive response to those that have done that and understanding that freedom isn't free. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts that you have stepped forward to make sure the dynamic we have here today is defended. God bless you. Today, as we look forward to a word from Elijah found in 1 Kings chapter 18, We left off really at the place where a lot of people kind of quit the story. 
Fire falls from heaven, the story's over, we go on. It's kind of like reading the end of the book, isn't it? How many have ever gone to the end of the book just to read how it ends? Right? Today, maybe fast forward to the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, they, if it's Hallmark, you pretty much know the end of the movie, right? <laughs> pretty much. Listen, I know it's cheesy sometimes and all that, but listen, I'm real okay with the story that ends happily. It doesn't have to have a bunch of graphic garbage in it, amen? Anyway, there you go. Today, we're going to look at a dynamic that has to do with the dynamics that are past that time where fire falls from heaven. What happens after that? What happens after the victory? Where do we go on as people? And I ask you, what do you believe about God's mission for this church in the city of Greensboro and around the world? What do you believe for us? What do you believe God's, well, his mission for you personally is in making sure that we reach our full potential for God? You see, I believe the best days of this church are in front of us. I believe God has great things in store, and I hear the sound of a heavy rain. I love it. I'm glad God hadn't diminished any fervor in my heart for what God wants to do here with the people that want to stay connected to him. And I want to say to you today, God's delaying isn't necessarily God's denying. Don't despair the season of small things. Today, we look at Elijah 18, starting in verse 41. And the word of God says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there's a sound of a heavy rain. Stop. No, there wasn't. No one else could hear that except Elijah. And as we go through this message today, I want you to just see some dynamics about prayer, what a praying spirit does. Because sometimes the word prayer, like the word faith, can get so lost in the redundancy of it that we think we know all of it. Whether we're pastors or sitting out there, prayer. We know it is prayers talking with God. You can have the most elaborate book written. You can have the most elaborate definition. But today we look at the practical application of what happens. An incredible thing happens. And the word of God says that Elijah says, there's a sound of a heavy rain, but it's not raining yet. Let me ask you something. What do you hear? What do you hear when you look at the city? What do you hear when you look at this church? You see, a a praying spirit sharpens our spiritual senses and hears things that are unheard by others. It's amazing, isn't it? What God can do when we listen to him and go forward with what he wants us to do. In big things, small things, all kinds of things. It was a, I don't know, a couple, I lost track of time You when you leave and go on the road. And by the way, thank you for your prayers for my mother. She is doing better. God bless you. Thank you, church. I'm blessed to have a loving church that prays for each other and prays for me. Mom is doing better. We were blessed to get down there. But see, I made myself a promise a few years ago. And I said the word never. I'm never going to drive through the night again. I think I'm going to start saying, I want to drive through the night again. Because it's dark at night. Have you noticed? And so when I got a call at 740 on a Saturday night, getting ready just to get my mind in full gear for this day, that had a, a mom that didn't know who my brother was, didn't know where she was, just knew that there was a whole lot of things. I'm leaving some detail out. We knew things weren't right. And so there was nothing to think about. You, I, 
I don't know what I, I, I would have thrown my tuxedo, two pair of underwear, and three socks in the back. We threw things in the bag and we're gone at 745. That fat, boom, gone. Way down saying, did we turn the heat off? Is the heat on? We didn't, it didn't make any difference. Now it was dark that night, but at least it was raining. <laughs> For most of the trip. But I'm telling you this to talk about prayer. Because as we prayed before we left, we asked God's protection. And some of the folks that know where we're going, they did the same thing for us. On the way down to Florida, I knew my wife was praying fervently when she was like that. <laughs> it was past midnight. She was out, and I'm driving along there on I-95 doing 300 miles an hour. Five miles over the limit. <laughs> 75. Go, and out of the corner of my eye, I see something galloping along. And it's coming at an angle towards our vehicle. That's never good. And so there's no time to think because everything flashes before you. You can't say, can I, can I go to the other lane? There's no time to think. It's happening that fast. And all of a sudden, whoosh, there's a brush, but it was a loud brushing noise. Didn't, didn't wake you up, did it? No. <laughs> But she's fallen asleep many times with the television on 16 with it in her hand, listening to something. So I knew that God protection over you. Even a noise could not wake you up. But it brushed along the side of our vehicle. When we stopped to get some fuel, looked at the car, there was no damage to it. Do you think that I think that was a coincidence? Hmm? I've never heard of a deer brushing against a car. I almost was tempted to go back and see if there were any deer droppings along the road there, because I'm sure that, that thing was sure scared also. But it was, it was amazing. It was wonderful, because I knew God was with us, and God's people were praying for us. And you see, a praying spirit sharpens our spiritual senses. I wasn't just thinking that was kind of a coincidence, wasn't it? <laughs> it just brought, No, I believe God can direct animals, people, cars, whatever, Right? And so there's the sound of a heavy rain. No one else can hear it. But when you're spiritually in tune with God, you can hear it. And it's a blessing to do that. In 1 Kings 18, 42 and 43, the word of God says, So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. So get the picture. This great thing has happened. Elijah says, Go eat, Ahab. Go eat and drink. So Ahab stays up there. He has whatever his people brought, his servants brought up there. He's having a picnic up there. Elijah says, I hear the sound of heavy rain. Ahab must think, this guy's nuts. There's not even a cloud in the sky. There hadn't been a cloud for three and a half years, but he hears the sound of heavy rain. You see, ears of faith and eyes of faith see things other people can't see. When you see something like that happen, you say, wow, that was God. Other people say, that's a coincidence. (laughs) How did that happen? God. And there's some things that you don't even have to see. You know, if God promises, will be true. So it says, so Ahab went off, ate and drank, but Elijah climbed the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Bring up the next slide. We'll be going at a pretty good clip. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. There's a sound of heavy rain. Elijah says, go look and see. 
Nothing, 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 nothing. Bring up the next slide. You see, a praying spirit spends private time with God. Because where is Elijah? It says he climbed to the top of Carmel. And skeptics say, if he climbed to the top of Carmel, why is he sending his servant to go look at the sea? Why is he sending him out there? Didn't he climb to the top? The word of God says he he climbed to the top. And it's not quite the highest level. I want you to look at something and note something here before we get to the actual photo. Bring up the next slide. Thank you. It says, but when you pray, go into your room. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's something powerful about that. You're saying, but pastor, he's with us, sir, and what's going on here? Bring up the next photo. Bring up that photo if you would. Thank you. It's coming up right here and you'll see. This is Mount Carmel here. The sea is out here, which you can see, no pun intended. But you can see there's lots of these things called trees up here. And here's the picture of what happens. Elijah goes and finds a private place, no doubt perhaps in a little place where there's a number of trees surrounding him, and he goes to pray. But you see, he brings a blessing to someone else. When you have a vision, you also want to share your vision, he brings his servant in on it. And he says, go back seven times. So while Elijah is at the top area of this whole mount, his servant has to go around or beyond the trees and go look. And he comes back seven times, doesn't he? But that's what that kind of looks like from up there. So he's in a private place. Why a private place? Because sometimes there are just some things that are so secret they're between you and God. And God reveals himself to you even in the smallest things. You know what's crazy? My wife didn't even know this, but I'm going to share a story of what happened. We stopped to get it. We didn't stop for lunch. We stopped to get supper kind of on the way back. She ordered a salad. I ordered something. And to me, there's only two kinds of people in this world. People that love red onions and people that don't, Right? I love red onions, and I saw on her salad, she had this beautiful red onion in there, and my salad didn't. Pastor, you really must be fried, right? <laughs> I just like them. I enjoy them. I love the taste of them, whatever. And I looked at that, and I, in my brain, I thought, I know why Esau probably sold his birthrights. I'd love to have that. I'd love to have that onion. I didn't say anything. She's right there. I didn't say one word. Now, listen, my wife's seen things on my plate before. She said, oh, I like that. But you know what happened this time? She said, I'll trade you that red onion for a Kalamata olive. Am I right? In my heart, I said, I'm using that Sunday. (laughs) I'm using that. You may think, well, there's a coincidence. That No, it wasn't. On my way back, what do you, part of my thought was, God, it's always great to get back. There's nothing on your desk, nothing to do. Right? I knew there's a whole lot going on. God said to me in that way where you hear the sound of something. Yeah, I heard a lot in that. God said, I can take care of an onion. I've got everything covered when you get back. Amen? God can take care of it. Even with a red onion. Give God a hand to praise you for the small thing. I see something small in the sky. There's no small thing with God. He climbed that mountain. He's in that private place. Now look at this. A praying spirit is deep, what? Deeply sincere and intense. 
He bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees. Listen, he could have become arrogant to say, you know, I just called down fire from heaven. I'm not going to get in any humble place like that and bend down and put my head between my knees. He goes into that place where there's a bunch of trees, brings someone else that he can minister to and use in ministry, sends him to keep go looking. Bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees. What does Colossians 4, 2 say? Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Wasn't he doing that? Same God of the New Testament, same God of the Old Testament. Devote. It's the duty of the believer. He has a great thing happen, and yet he goes in that position. Even though he heard the sound of rain, he continues to pray through the process. Ears of faith hear incredible things. Don't they? Next slide. Thank you. So what, what else is there about a praying spirit? A, prayer, a praying spirit is a persevering spirit because the servant comes back and says, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Have you ever wondered when you've gone through that account and you're asking yourself questions and asking Scripture, God, what is this? What is this about? What if he quit on the sixth time? Don't go back again. It's not coming. The rain's not there. How many times can I send you back? Or the servant thinking, do I have to do the same redundant thing again? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing happened. Let me tell you something. When you give something to God, something's always happening. And you have to hear it with ears of faith and seed with eyes of faith. When we're planting seeds in these little ones here and downstairs and in your family, we're planting seeds for now and for the future. When you're doing that in your own life, God is always working in your university, in your school, in your job place, in your neighborhood. God's always working. There is nothing there. Oh, there's something there. Our persistence is a, is a testament to our faith in God. People have asked me sometimes, Pastor, why do we keep praying? I don't seem to be getting an answer. I've asked the same thing in my own life. You pray for the same thing. Do you get it? I ask God on different occasions, why? Why? Have you ever asked God why? And what came to me and what permeates part of who I am is this dynamic. Joe, I'm showing you that you have to rely on me. That's what I'm showing you. I'm not some magic ramp, lamp to rub. I'm showing you through the absence of something in front of your face, in front of your ear, in your ears. I'm showing you, you must be dependent on me. And you see, as, as simple a process as we may think that is, have you got to the point where you trust God with your very life? Where you could say to God, God, if it's your will for this disease to take me, or for me to leave this earth, it seemed like at a young age, but to bring you more glory than I, if I was alive, then I submit to that. Do you want to be free? Pray that prayer. How do you get that, Pastor? Jesus said, pick up a cross and follow me. Be willing to die for me. When you're willing to hand your life to God, you see the full gospel comes not only in the saving of our soul and spirit to heaven one day to be joined by a resurrected body, it comes in the freedom of abundant life to be free from ourselves on this earth. And you see, if all of you is given away to God, you don't have to save yourself because God owns me and he owns you. 
A persevering spirit is a powerful spirit. It's a spirit that prays through the nothing times of life. There is nothing there times of life. And you may have given it a 10,000 times. And God's saying, come again. Thank me. Thank me that you have to be dependent on me because you haven't seen the answer that you want yet. But it's coming. It'll be there. Seven times Elijah says, go back. Elijah had a promise from God. It said in 1 Kings 18.1, I will send rain on the land. God promises to bless those who will serve him. He promises that those that sow in tears would reap in joy. Part of the dearth of people coming to Christ is the fact Christ is being followed by a church that has lacked tears and brokenness for the lost. But you see, God wants to have a revival in this city. He's just looking for who wants to do it. Who wants to be part of it? Who wants to take personal ownership at UNCG or A&T or any of the colleges or universities here or high schools or middle schools or workplaces to say, God, I'll be broken for you. I want to hear the sound of something. I want to see miraculous things happen in this world. Seven times, go back, go back. God already said he's going to send it. He was just believing God, period. Next slide you to see something. Elijah had ears of faith to hear the miraculous things of God. There's a sound of heavy rain. It was over 20 years ago, almost 21 this January, that I came and flew from DFW with PJ to meet with the search committee. I read all the reports about Lawndale Baptist Church. Been in the same growth pattern for 31 years. That's what it's in. And the reason is, lots of other reasons. Among them, um, it's landlocked. There's no more room for growth. We recommend from the association and all the excerpts from the states, Lawndale Baptist Church move. Landlocked. Further, the big employer in that city, Sears Roebuck, has closed down. All those people, that area is going to run down. Not going to be anything left there. And so I came to see what was going on. There were things happening in the church. There's always dynamics, isn't there? And I walked around the back parking lot, walked around the street back there, and I said, wow, look at all this property God has for us. These people just don't know it yet. And I don't mean that like a smarty pants or some guy. I knew, I heard God, and I said, look at all this property that God has for us right here. And I went back on that jet and asked my wife, I said, this is where God has me to serve, right here. And I never answered another call from another church or sent another resume out. Except three weeks later, what do you think the friends of Job did? They haven't gotten back to you yet. Isn't this church asking me a resume? Why don't you send it? I can't. God's called me there. Then six weeks pass. Joe, this church, you said this other church is asking for your resume. You have the chairman of your doctoral program that's the chairman of a search committee wanting your resume. God may just want you there. No, God's called me to Lawndale Baptist Church. I hear the sound of heavy rain. Two months pass. Two and a half months pass. Three months pass. Four months pass. Joe, you're an idiot. Right? <laughs> Complete idiot. You've proven it. We had our doubts, but you've proven it. But lo and behold, in May... January to May, a call came. And they said it wouldn't last, but 20 plus years later, what, huh? Right? Did I hear the sound of God? 
That's right. It was God. That applause is for God because God showed that and showed me in my heart. There's no other, there's no other place I'm going. I would rather die an idiot for God than try and believe what I can only see. God had a vision for this place and still has a vision for this place. And his vision is only a part way there. That's what God had for this place. And what is he going to continue to do as we continue to get on board with him? And by the way, over 400 of those original members have gone on to be with Jesus. This would have been like most other places that are drying up now, that are just testaments to a warehouse or to a school or a government building because the church died, closed up. But look what God's done. Because when you listen to God, when you hear the sound of a heavy and a mighty rain, your heart will beat to the beat of a different drum. You will see things that God wants you to see whether it's in a red onion or in a building, doesn't make any difference. Or a deer brushing your car. See, Elijah had, what? He had eyes of faith to persevere when there's nothing there. Anybody can persevere when it looks like, do you want to buy a new car? Oh, wait a minute. My lottery ticket says I won $40 million. Yeah, I'll buy one. But what about when God's calling you to do something in your class to stand up when no one else will stand up for you, student? Or no one at your workplace believes in the principles you believe in? Or everyone else in your neighborhood doesn't have the values that you're teaching your children? Or when you're standing in a line thinking about it, I'd feel like complaining instead of being a witness. What kind of eyes do we have? You see, God's given us eyes of faith to believe there may be some great thing that's going to happen today. And I know some of you might be here today and say, Pastor, If you could read my heart, I would say in all transparency and honesty, up to this day, I've wasted a lot of my life. I've wasted it. And you may be thinking, I can't even salvage anything. It's a lie from hell. Listen to what I'm saying. I said it last hour. You may be 80 or 90 years old and think your life is over. You, you can't be used anymore, or you may be 18 and believe that because you've head down some wrong ways in life and God can't use you. You don't know if the next person that God leads you to touch in some way through salvation, encouragement, or blessing may be the next Elijah ready to climb a hill. Maybe the next one that's going to take a city and have God work through that person to do an incredible thing. But if you only have things of what you can see, if your vision's only temporal, you'll never see it. And you'll never hear what God might do. You'll live in the shadows of your feelings. You'll live every day for yourself. You'll be looking over your shoulder trying to figure everything out. And there's some things you just can't figure out. Because you can't figure out a red onion and a Kalamata or olive, and you can't figure out a deer brushing a car, and all the other details. You can't figure out what educated people from committees say about a place. Because if you go with your feelings, many times it will see you down the wrong path. But when you go with the voice of God and you hear things that others don't see, you're walking under the Spirit of God. That's why Elijah gets alone. He gets there and sends his servant to go see. Servant got a blessing, but God taught Elijah up to that point, be dependent on me. I can throw down. And what's crazy, I can throw down fire. What's great is this. You know how God defeated Baals? He defeated them with fire. And just in God's sense of humor, defeats them with rain. Isn't that cool? I send down fire. I'll send down rain. What else you want? Send down, you know, whatever. God can do it. That's the kind of God 
that we have because he's a mighty God and a powerful God. Bring up the next one. Like Elijah, what is it? What are we exposed to? You can see it. We're exposed to two dynamics that influence our lives, human and divine. And you have to make a choice today. If you answer the question in your mind, I've wasted a lot of my life. The great thing is, the great thing is, there's a cure for that. I've said to people over the years, because it's true, when they have some decisions in their life that are not good decisions of maybe something they're putting in their body, I've said to them, you know the one thing you don't want to die of? Do you know the one thing you don't want to die of? What? Cancer? No. That? No. No. The one thing you and I don't want to die of is stupidity. Amen? I don't know how that happened. I was, God, I was only doing 97 miles an hour on that curve and my car went off the road. I don't know how I kept putting the wrong things or doing whatever. Here's the deal. Doing things that are based on the human mind and heart solely. Based on feelings, not based on faith in God. Not being willing to fail for God and step out there. Elijah put himself out there. Then there's no other word to say, but that's a stupid decision. God wants us to be dependent on him. God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our talents. He doesn't need our house, our cars. What he's looking for are people that give themselves to him. Then he'll have all the other things. That's why Jesus said, he that loses his life will what? Find it. Because you finally find out, my goodness, this is so freeing. I'm not shackled to anything. There's nothing I have to have except the will of God. So everyone in this room is exposed to this, just like Elijah was. There's no, there's not even a cloud, Elijah. There's nothing. Keep looking. Keep looking. See, that's eyes of faith. That's ears of faith. Next slide. So what is it? In verses 44 and 45, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and a heavy rain came on Ahab, rode off to Jezreel. You can pass by that in a second and miss the significance of what's happening here because it's incredibly poignant. You see, the bottom line is God wants us to be followers of his heart, not our heart. The bottom line is The small things look small to other people, but not to you and not to me because we have a big God. And that little cloud, remember, they hadn't seen one in years, is rising up. Jesus said something about that in Luke 12, 54. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, that's where the servant was looking out there, to the west, over to the Mediterranean. Immediately say it's going to rain, and it does. And a small cloud, as small as a man's hand, is rising from the sea. What do you see for the small beginnings? You see, I can say this to you right now. God's delaying is not God's denying. Don't despair the season of small things. It's God getting our attention to say, I'm the God of small things. You see, it's incredibly impressive to me that God works in some of those really small ways to take us into the big days. Amen? He can work in those and those small things. And you know, because you spend time alone in your head with God, you know it was God's voice. 
It was God's thing. Have you ever wanted God's will so bad? You said, God, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm willing to do it. I just want to be on the blueprint of heaven. What is that? You see, that's when you end up here. Jesus told his disciples in a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Great blessings often come out of small beginnings, don't they? They come and they go forward. It's amazing, isn't it, what God can do? God is saying this, don't despair the season of small things in your life. Some of you have some small things you've seen recently because you spent time alone with God and he showed you some things you know. Wow, that's cool, God, that's with you. I'm going forward with you because God wants to bring some great things. We've seen signs of all the small things and the clouds rising out of the sea in Greensboro, North Carolina. But there's a storm coming if there's people willing to believe and go forward and own what God wants them to own. To dare to be different, to dare to say, God, I'm not going to listen to the human, I'm going to listen to the divine. I can't do it all, but I want to do my part. And the question today exists for every member of this church, are you willing to be and do that part, whatever that is? I've got right here, in my hand, a Hebrew Bible. Yeah, thank you. That's Chris, I bet, over there if I had to bet. <laughs> I knew it. And there's times in, in, I'm sure, in your Bible, you underline things or highlight things. I've got some things I highlighted a while back. That's supposed to be a yellow highlighter. Can you see it on there? A yellow highlighter. It's, it's not... And also, if I turn the page... What I like about the pages of this particular bar, they don't go through the back. See that? But what's happened to the highlighting? Well, many times, you may find this hard to believe, when I'm in the middle of study, sometimes the phone rings. Have you ever had that happen? All of us have, right? And so I don't have a bookmark always handy, maybe another book, so I will pick up the nearest thing. Meanwhile, I put my marker down on a paper towel that I had that I used as a placemat for my formal oatmeal and blueberry breakfast. And the marker got on the paper towel. But I put it in there. It already had happened. They're both done at the same time. That's why I'm, that's why I'm telling you this today. This highlighter on this page... And this highlighter on this paper towel happened at the same time. Let me ask you something. Which one is brighter? This is not a trick question. Can you even see? Am I showing up okay with that? Can you see this paper towel? How bright that is? Can you see how dull this is? So I looked at that and I said, that's crazy. Why did, why did that? Why is that? And it hit me. Ink, a small thing, right? This is made to absorb. God made us to absorb his word. Not just hear his word, but to absorb his word. And what's really cool about it, when you flip this over to the other side, it also has the yellow on the other side. Because when you, abs- when you absorb God's word, it permeates into us, doesn't it? 
It permeates our whole being. Lots of people can hear the word. There's people that can recite the word, but they don't absorb the word. Elijah absorbed it and was willing to be filled with that and act in his life out of the absorption of what God had for him. He said in 1 Kings 18.1, I'm going to send rain. And he heard the sound of a heavy rain. Absorb God's word. This doesn't even penetrate to the other page. It did what it's supposed to do for that. Do you hear or absorb? As pastors come forward right now, God wants a people that are willing to be absorbed by him. A people that understand God's delaying an answer is not a denying of an answer. A people that know that big things happen with small beginnings. That don't get discouraged. That don't lean on human understanding. Lean on divine understanding. That don't get discouraged because things don't happen instantly, but they keep going back and thanking God. God, I have to be dependent on you. I don't see an answer yet, but I'm going back again and I'm looking again. I'm going to my class again. I'm going to be the same witness I was. I'm going back to my bank or my office. I'm going to continue to be a blessing in there. I'm going back to my family, my neighborhood, whatever, to be a blessing again. So today, if you'd like prayer for situations you're in the midst of, if you're in something when I say, I just, I want to believe God through it. We are people God's called, these deacons and pastors, to lift up those that have some burden. We want to be with you in part of the journey. We want to be transparent with it. God wants to do great things and looking for people that want to be great for him. Come forward if you'd like that prayer. Pray alone or pray with someone. If you don't have a church home, today we're going to present some new members at the close of our service. We'd love for you to come forward as a candidate for membership. We want people that want to be on board with some exciting thing that God wants to do through a group of people that pull their resources for Him. We'd love for you to come today. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, you come forward. We'll receive you today as a candidate for membership. And lastly, if you don't know where you're going when you leave this earth, dear friend, the poorest decision Jesus said a person could make. What good would it do if you gained the whole world and lost your own soul? And right now, you know right now in your heart of hearts, if you died right now, whether you're listening out there or in this room, that if you died, you don't know where you're going. Let me make this clear to you. Jesus made it possible to know where you're going when you die and leave this earth. He took your sin and my sin to the cross. He paid our punishment because sin keeps people out of heaven and everyone has sinned. Jesus came and did for me and for you what we couldn't do for ourselves. He bled and died, came out of the tomb three days later, having paid for our sin. Sin stayed in the tomb. It's paid for. And he offers you eternal life if you'll believe in his complete payment for sin and seek in your life to follow him as he makes you more and more like him. Whatever your decision, Terry's here. Don't wait. Stand today and let the Spirit of God lead you to this altar or lead you to a prayer where you are to be in touch with who God is. Please stand.